everyone. Welcome to The Science of Beauty, a new podcast from Allure. I'm Michelle Lee, the Editor-in-Chief. And I'm Jenny Bailly, Executive Beauty Director. On this podcast, we dive into the science behind beauty and the products that we are constantly testing and talking about at Allure. And today on the show, I want to start with a story about a man and some rice. The man's name is Casimir Funk. That is one of the best names I've ever heard. If I ever have a third child, Casimir Funk Bailly has a nice ring to it. Okay, Casimir Funk, let's go. Who is he? So he was born in Warsaw in 1884. His father was a dermatologist, actually. But Funk didn't follow his father's footsteps. He was more interested in biochemistry. And he ended up discovering something that had a lasting effect on pretty much all fields of medicine, all parts of the body, including the skin. I feel like there's something to say here about bringing the funk, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> but, th- but that's impressive. Good job, funk. Okay, so it's the early 1900s, and funk is studying this disease called beriberi. It can cause problems with your nerves, your muscles, your brain. In serious cases, it can cause heart failure. Really not ideal. And Funk is studying this disease, and he realizes that it's only happening in these certain parts of Asia where people mostly eat what was called polished rice or white rice. So that's rice that has the bran removed, right? Exactly. The bran and some other parts, which also contain pretty much all the vitamins and nutrients in the rice. All the good stuff. Yes. But the idea of vitamins didn't exist yet. All Funk knew was that there was something that people were missing, maybe something from the parts of the rice that were being polished away that was causing beriberi. And that is how he discovered vitamins. At first, he called them vital amines, which then contracted into vitamins. It is a pretty catchy name. So this very first vitamin, the one that people with beriberi were missing, was what we now call vitamin B1 or thiamine. And then this led to this cascade of discovery of a bunch of other vitamins, Some we talk about all the time today, vitamin C, vitamin D, and then there are others which we don't really know about today, partly because some of them were reclassified and some of them weren't even really vitamins to begin with. The lost vitamins. Yes, the lost vitamins. Okay, so tell me what you think these vitamins are, Jenny. Ready? Ready. What is vitamin F today? Vitamin F is... It's a little known vitamin. Um, it is, it's funkamine. It's named <laughs> for Casimir Funk. I'll give you extra credit points for that. Is that right? It's wrong, but. Okay, okay. You get extra points for effort. So vitamin F is just a couple different kinds of essential fatty acids like the omegas. Who knew? Oh, okay. So that's one of the ones that wasn't really a vitamin. It's an essential fatty acid. Okay, that was a trick question. Exactly. So what happened to vitamin G? What do we know vitamin G as today? I would never get this one, by the way. We know it as calcium. Is calcium a vitamin? Nope. So vitamin G today, it's gone through a couple different name changes. It's now known as riboflavin, which is Vitamin B2. Okay. It's very confusing. I feel like that one was kind of a trick too. It's very confusing. All right, Jenny, what happened to vitamin H? What do we know as vitamin H now? Vitamin H is now commonly referred to as, I'm literally trying to visualize a a V8 bottle and what all the vitamins are listed on there. It is... um, I'll give you a clue. It's something that's essential for healthy hair, skin, 
and nails. Folic acid. Close. Biotin. Uh, yes. <sighs> yes. Got you were so one. close. You were so close. Biotin or vitamin B7. Yeah. I mean, everything ends up being a, a B vitamin. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Okay, next question. Okay, vitamin I. Um, actually, this is like a real trick one because this is like a non-answer, to be honest with you. So I, I can't even- It's vitamin B7. I can't even count this one. So Vitamin B8. What happened with vitamin I was that it wasn't reclassified and said it was declassified and all records of it were lost. <laughs> oh, that's so sad for vitamin I. Okay. That sounds like it's like an alien substance or something. I don't know. It's locked away somewhere. Okay. Vitamin I erased, erased from history. So no wonder these are the lost vitamins. Yeah. Let's just keep, let's keep them lost. I can't even remember the existing vitamins. <laughs> okay. So you've probably guessed it. What our episode is about today. We're talking about vitamins. Right. We often think of vitamins in terms of our diet, but there's also a lot they can do when they're applied to your skin. And we're going to be joined by a very special guest right after the break. We're back and we're here with a scientist who knows all about vitamins. I'm Frauke Neuser. I am a, a scientist, more specifically a chemist. I've been working in the area of cosmetic science and chemistry for over 20 years in the area of beauty. And uh, for the last eight years, I've been working on the uh, wonderful skincare brand Olay. Okay, we're going to go very basic here. What is a vitamin? I love going basic. So a vitamin is basically a micronutrient without which our bodies can't live and be healthy. And the reason they're called vitamins actually has its roots in the in the in Latin because vita means life. So quite literally they are essential for life. And are vitamins only found in food? Um, well, it depends on who, who's looking at it. Are you the food or are you the, the one eating it, right? We all are sometimes food and sometimes the one eating it. Right. Oh, I guess that's true. <laughs> I guess that's true. I mean, obviously you can make, you know, you can take supplements and make synthetic vitamins, but I'm thinking of, you know, a thousand years ago is was food the only way to get vitamins? Right. And and actually for, for each uh, um, life form, you know, vitamins might be different. So we're talking about the human vitamins today that are important to us. And should we go through the alphabet? <laughs> I failed miserably at this game, but I'm confident you will do much better. I love it. Yes, please. What is vitamin A? So the scientific name for vitamin A is retinol, which most people I think will have heard of. Um, so that's vitamin A, but then there are a couple of relatives to retinol that are in the same family. As we say, there's uh, different types, for example, retinoic acid, retinoldehyde. So there's actually quite a few um, different types of vitamin A, if you will. And so we often hear about that in terms of skincare, but are we eating retinol as well? Yes, we're eating retinol. We're eating vitamin A in, in different forms. It might be as retinol in uh, some animal-derived products, but also maybe uh, more likely you're eating uh, um, carrots, carotenoids, uh, which is uh, pro-vitamin A. So our body can actually convert that into vitamin A, and that's in a lot of orange, yellow, and red uh, plant-derived foods. And what is vitamin A doing when you rub it? 
on your skin? Obviously, we hear so much about retinol and skincare, but what, so what is it doing exactly? So vitamin A is actually quite a powerful um, skincare ingredient. And the way I like to think about it, it really it is a normalizer. It will actually quite on a quite fundamental level affect your skin cells. And what it does is it, it gets them back to the state that we would call healthy, normal, optimal. So that, that's actually quite unique because it's, you know, depending on what um, isn't uh, 100% balanced with your skin, whether that's, you know, acne when you're maybe a teenager or whether that's severe signs of photo damage and aging when you're a bit older, vitamin A can uh, sort of try to balance out these different conditions and bring your skin cells back to um, the right balance, the right normal. So to get really scientific on us, what is it actually doing on a, on a more cellular level? Does it have something to do with oxidative stress? Is it more about cell turnover? Like what, what's actually happening? On the fundamental level, retinoic acid, which is the active form of vitamin A, actually enters into your skin cells all the way into the, um, the nucleus of the skin cells and affects gene expression. Um, and those that by affecting gene expression, it affects really dozens and hundreds of different cellular processes. As you mentioned, one of the most well-known ones is cell turnover, that it stimulates the production of fresh skin cells. Uh, but there are, again, there are other things. It, it almost depends a bit on which processes have slowed down or have gotten out of balance. Those will be normalized or can be normalized through the use of vitamin A on your skin. Got it. And we often talk about how it takes time to, um, mm -hmm. to see the results of retinol. Um, how quickly on a cellular level are these things happening? Like, can you see changes after that first use? And it's just that what presents itself on the skin takes much longer? Some of the functions happen faster. Some of the, the turnover of, of, of the cells or the thickening of the epidermis. But I would still say we expect to see uh, maybe first results between two and four weeks. We think about retinol as a long-term skincare ingredient. But I would think with, with, with the right product for you and your skin type, two to four weeks is really the first kind of milestone that you should be um, looking at. So don't give up, everyone. I know there's always a lot of talk about, you know, retinoids and if you get a little red or if you get a little flaky and people kind of throw in the towel quickly, but it's it's worth sticking with it. Well, yes, it's worth sticking with, but it's also worth thinking about, am I using the right product for me, right? Because it, it, I, I, I like to think if it is a cosmetic skincare product, we're not talking prescription here, we're talking cosmetic over the counter, your skin really shouldn't be um, affected badly by your products. So and maybe you're using something that is too strong, that doesn't quite have the right formulation for your skin type. Some people will experience irritation, but I do think there are ways for us formulators especially to, to minimize that. So maybe it's sometimes comes down to switching a product and trying something else. Is there something that the average beauty shopper should be looking for? Like, is it a question of just, you know, a gel formula versus a lotion versus a cream? Are there kind of words to look for on the packaging that would indicate you're, you're finding the right fit for you? More isn't always better, especially with retinol. Because it is the protein, you really need very small amounts. Don't just go for big numbers and percentages because you're increasing your risk of that irritation. Look for something that maybe has words like hydrating on it. So you know that's something that is has, you know, that overall package and is, and is good for people who want to use it every day. Right, because it is a daily 
a daily use product. Again, if you find the right product for you at the right level, and, and because that, that's when you're going to see best results. And we actually know from a lot of our research, if you go to something you know too potent for your skin and then you drop off or you only use it every you know, couple of days, you're actually not going to see the results. And what is tretinoin? Tretinoin is the, I guess, the scientific name for retinoic acid, which is the most powerful of the vitamin A um, ingredients. Uh, but it is you will actually not find it in cosmetic products that you buy over the counter uh, because it is so potent. It's classified as a drug ingredient and can only be found in uh, prescription products. And why would someone go for oral versus topical vitamin A? If you're looking for skincare improvements, um, and you know we're not talking about a medical condition as such, but you're looking for you know brightness, you know, glow, radiance, reduction of fine lines and wrinkles, you, you would always really want to go for a topical product, a skincare product that you put right where you need it versus um, an oral supplement. And a lot of people don't actually realize that Accutane is oral vitamin A. It's isotretinoin that you take as a pill. So if you are really struggling with acne, that's a form of oral vitamin A that you and your dermatologist might discuss as an option, but it's certainly a powerful drug. Okay, and moving okay. on to the rest of the alphabet, how about vitamin B? Ooh, vitamin B. That's actually a really interesting one. One of my favorites probably because it's there are eight different B vitamins. It's not just one. There are eight, and they have numbers and names. Now, weirdly, although there are eight, the numbers range from B1 through to B12. And some of them are better known by their numbers. B6 and B12, I think, are good examples. And then others like niacin, um, folic acid are better known by their names and not by their numbers. Oh, I didn't know folic acid was a B vitamin. Yes. I feel like that's a pregnancy one you hear about all the <laughs> Correct. time. Correct. Yes. And which are the most important ones for skin and how do they affect skin health? So I believe the most important B vitamin for skin is vitamin B3, which comes in different forms. The best known one in skincare is niacinamide. Um, now, that B3 is so important for skin was actually discovered again uh, almost 100 years ago because if you have a vitamin B3 deficiency, it will actually show up on your skin. You will have uh, uh, sort of rashes and redness, almost like a dermatitis type of skin condition, which uh, that's how the importance of vitamin B3 for skin was discovered. And then, you know, over, over the decades, researchers found that, yes, it's important to have it in your diet and your nutrition, but there are also additional benefits if you use it in, 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 in topical skincare because B3 and many of the other B vitamins, I would almost describe them as fuel for your skin cells. They're very important for, for cell energy and for cell metabolism in, in, in different ways. So it's, yes, it's really running on extra uh, good and, and, you know, enough fuel that's um, when your skin does and looks its best. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, because niacinamide, I feel like we hear a lot in the context of of skin tone mm -hmm. um, and helping to even skin tone. Is that is that right? Correct. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It's a vitamin B three is a true multitasker. It actually, uh, the the originally the the most important benefit that uh, we discovered was that it helps uh, that it strengthens the skin barrier. Right, the natural moisture barrier. So it helps skin to hold on to moisture and sort of make it strong against the stressors from the outside. But then, you know, other clinical studies were run to show that it also helps with pigmentation and, and evening out skin tone, um, uh, even with fine lines and wrinkles, the appearance of pores. So yes, it's, it's quite an amazing skin vitamin. 
And B3 is also very beneficial to be eaten as well, right? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's uh, contained in many kind of grains, mushrooms, uh, vegetables. Um, actually, a little fun fact, if I may, here, um, because uh, so we use B3 um, in pretty much all of our LA products just because we believe it's it's so fundamental. And it, it, by the way, it also combines very well with other ingredients and vitamins. But B3 is at the heart of almost all of our LA products. And we have so much in there. And one of these jars, the red jars, if you know those, one jar contained as much B3 as 2,500 cups of kale, which is a superfood that contains quite a bit of B3. So that's one of my favorite fun facts ever. So should we move on to C? This is one of my favorites. So vitamin C does a a couple of things. It is uh, an antioxidant. I think most people are now familiar with the concept of an antioxidant, right? That it protects us against... um, sort of stressors that produce free radicals, and that could be from UV exposure, from pollution, smoke, and those free radicals kind of can harm our skin and antioxidants are able to deactivate and neutralize uh, those free radicals. And vitamin C is uh, a very prominent um, member of that group of antioxidants. Oh, do tell. We are vitamin C super fans over at Allure. Um, so it's 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 really good for us. It's it it it, it protects us, um, but specifically on skin, it also has some other benefits that um, research have have revealed. It uh, it plays a role in collagen production. Most people will know that collagen is the main protein in your skin, right? And so collagen is what keeps your skin plump and firm and you know bouncy. Um, and as you skin is making collagen, it actually needs the vitamin C in that process. And then last but not least, the, the brightening of skin, that it has uh, a brightening effect. Uh, if you have some of these uh, brown spots, sunspots, even age spots, as we call them, vitamin C can really help to fade those and, and, and make your skin tone more even again. But it's kind of a finicky one, right? Keeping it stable, I know we hear a lot too about even when you're shopping for vitamin C to think about the the packaging of the product. Vitamin A, we didn't talk about that, is one that can be very unstable if it's not formulated right. And vitamin C is the same. And uh, what those two actually have in common, they're both uh, quite um, yellow in nature as uh, as raw materials, um, uh, but they also change color over time if, when they degrade. So if you have a vitamin A or vitamin C product, that's something to watch out for. It shouldn't change color over time. Now, if it's yellow in the beginning or white or beige, that doesn't necessarily mean much could be because that could be just how it's designed, but it shouldn't change color over time. If it goes more orange or more yellow, you know, sort of around the like nozzle, you know, we've all seen that. that that's not a good sign. That's not what you want. So the party's already over. Oh, that's interesting. I've been, I'd been using, and I, I s- used almost the entire thing, a vitamin C serum of, from a brand that shall remain nameless. And it definitely was. It was like a white squeezy dropper and kind of all of, pretty quickly, like all around the dropper got sort of orangey yellow. Um, and even when I would apply it, like my hands would be kind of orangey yellow. So that was all a bad sign. I wish I'd talked to you a few weeks ago. Yeah, but but I think a lot of people like serums with vitamin C. Um, it's it, I'm not maybe because you know serums tend to be the most potent product forms, and that's what people want from vitamin C. Um, uh, but there are also moisturizers and 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 other product forms, eye creams, 
again, we at LA, we, we always try to offer different product forms so people can really pick and choose. And it doesn't feel like we're telling you, you have to use, you know, product form A or B or C. So again, we actually have some really new, uh, uh, beautiful uh, vitamin C products, Ole Regenerous Brightening plus vitamin C, moisturizer, serum and eye cream. Which, which I really like. They're very, very light and fresh. And as the name says, they really give that brightening benefit. And they've just came out and are actually available at Target. So really, really nice products uh, for someone who's maybe new, interested in vitamin C to try something new. Um, I personally think they come at a really good price point. So that might be a good sort of way into, into that ingredient and trying out products with that. And with vitamin C, it's okay to layer different vitamin C products together, right? Yes, yes, you can layer them together, yes. Got yeah. it. All right, should we keep going on the alphabet? Um, vitamin D. So we've heard a lot about people being vitamin D deficient. What kind of impact does that have on our skin's health? So vitamin D has a link with skin, but maybe uh, not the same way that the other vitamins do because vitamin D isn't necessarily super important for your skin. But it is sort of the last production step is happening in your skin. But vitamin D is actually much more important for other parts of your body, uh, most most uh, notably your your bones, uh, your bone structure, your bone strength. That's what vitamin uh, D originally was known for. It's also called the sunshine vitamin, by the way. Um, but it's really important for for other parts of your body. But it so happens that your skin actually plays a big role in its sort of metabolism because the, the last step of making vitamin D actually happens in your skin. But vitamin D isn't something you would apply topically. Well, you know what? Uh, it, 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 it never used to be. And there's very little research. I always, you know, if I hear something new, I'm like, okay, let me look at the published research. I found very, very little, but they have now some products, uh, some products have popped up that say they have vitamin D in them. You know, it's it's a very new development. Um, the way it works in your body, for example, for your bone health, it's actually a, a hormone. I would always be sort of a little bit more careful with anything that has hormonal activity to just, you know, if the research isn't there yet, to sort of put it everywhere on your skin. Okay, what's next, Michelle, after D comes? E. <laughs> e. <laughs> this is like Sesame Street. We're nailing it. So vitamin E, I feel like we hear about a lot in skincare products, but I don't actually really know. Is it just a moisturizer? A, B, and C are the stars. D, sort of relevant in a very different way. E, you know, E is a good sort of team player. It has some antioxidant benefits actually as well, just like vitamin C does, but sort of more sort of, in a, you know, there are lots of antioxidants. Vitamin E happens to be one of the good ones, but it doesn't have as specific, you know, um, and as many skin benefits as, as some of the other ingredients we already talked about. So that's why I feel vitamin E is, is never going to be quite as much in the spotlight, but it's, you know, definitely a good ingredient to have in your products. But I would see it more as a sidekick than the than the superhero. What about vitamins F and G? Jenny and I know that there's a bit of a story there. Ooh, okay, I'm going to go all sciencey on you now and say they're actually not vitamins. I mean, they definitely are not talked about as much. Do you think that they deserve more attention? Um, potentially, I, th I think there are some interesting, um, you know, early research uh, showing that uh, vitamin F uh, linoleic acid has some anti-inflammatory benefits, and we and we all know that inflammation has become sort of a big 
sort of um, research um, item in, 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 in connection with aging, you know, inflammaging, and a lot of kind of not so good things in your body are, are driven and perpetuated by inflammation. And there are some conditions, you know, skin inflammation that are certainly not good. And I think there it has shown some some promise. So it's going to be an interesting one to watch, I think, in that area. Could you give us a sneak peek? What are the, the new vitamins you're working with, if there are any? I, I think a lot of it is um, now really looking at combinations, right? And then mm-hmm. trying to find synergies, which ones go well together. Um, there are, you know, some other ones. You know, when we talked about the B vitamins, we really focused on B3. B5 is actually one, or pro-vitamin, vitamin B5. Panthenol is very well known in skincare. The holy grail for our scientists is, you know, if we can do one plus one equals three, we put two things together and together they're better than um, individually. And we have quite a lot, you know, in uh, products where, you know, as I said, B3 goes into almost everything. And then it goes well with B5. It goes well with C and E. So we have quite a few products where we're putting those together to really see whether we can't maximize what you get out of them. Can you tell us what your personal vitamin regimen is? Well, starting with skincare, I'm 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 a big fan of the Olay Red Jars, right? And there are there's a red jar for everyone, but they really have. I mean, they have the B3 um, and, and the B5, right? Um, which I think is the foundation. Um, I, I do love the Retinol 24. You know what? Five years ago, I wasn't a big fan of Retinol. I just hadn't seen, you know, the products that were really good for daily use and, and were not sort of, you know, reddening your skin, which I'm like, as a skincare scientist, I'm like, you know, I don't want a product that's that seems to be sort of, you know, causing irritation in my skin. That's kind of counterproductive to what I want to achieve. But I love the Retinol 24 products, which really don't do that. They're so hydrating and nourishing. So I use that at night. I use my red jar in the morning. Um, and, and the latest one I've been playing with is the uh, uh, brightening plus vitamin C. Um, the serum really layers well under everything else. And Dr. Neuser, uh, do you take any supplements? I, I, I do take vitamin B. It's a complex. It's kind of the super mm-hmm. energizing complex, whatnot, and vitamin C. So those are the two I take. There was a lot of research and science behind those. And there's an additional reason why I don't really take any of the um, oil-soluble ones. So the water-soluble ones like C or B, if you take too much because you've had, a, you know, three glasses of freshly pressed orange juice and kale smoothie, and then, you know, you're also taking a supplement, it doesn't matter, your body just gets rid of them. Literally, it just you pee them out, <laughs> right? The old soluble ones, not so easy. So they are actually, and that's why you you know that you will find warnings on some of these supplements that have vitamins, you know, D or E, um, that you shouldn't sort of go overboard with those because your body can't get rid of too much very easily. And 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 the other thing is, you know, it's always worth kind of you know doing you know doing a test and just checking your status, right? If you are yeah. at the right level then adding more on top of it will actually not give you a, a benefit. That's not how vitamins work, right? You need the right amount, right, to, to, to grease the wheels and the system, but more isn't necessarily going to be better for you. So, which is why, again, you know, if, if you actually have a healthy, balanced diet and, and a healthy lifestyle, you you actually shouldn't be deficient in any vitamins. Yeah, I know it's always it's interesting to talk to doctors about vitamins because I feel like the they they often you know they say what you're saying basically is you know there's not a ton of evidence about you know taking vitamins 
poorly and that it's going to do anything. And then at the end of the conversation, I always ask like, well, and so, so you don't take any vitamins or what vitamins do you take? And then they rattle off like five different things that they take. <laughs> and I'm like, but wait, you just said that it was a waste of money or you didn't really need it. It's actually funny that you say that because with the B vitamin, so I was, I was talking to our lead scientist at LA who, who started our B3 research like 25 years ago. And I said, so what do you do? And he said, not only to say I take vitamin B3, I also give it to my kids. And that's when I said, okay, I'm going to do that too. <laughs> yeah, that's the true test. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Great. We're going to do some audience questions now. Hi, my name is Claire, and I have a question about the benefits of vitamins in skincare. I was wondering whether or not it's enough to eat antioxidant and vitamin-rich foods in order to promote better, healthier, and clearer skin, or if you also need to use vitamin-rich skincare like vitamin C serums on top of that to see noticeable results in your skin. I was also wondering if it's actually possible to have too many vitamins, whether they're applied topically or taken through food. Thank you so much. It's really good to cover your basis through your nutrition. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean you shouldn't also be using skincare with vitamins on your skin because it's kind of just a very different thing. When, you know, the vitamins you eat, they have to go to all different parts of your body and your body might need them more elsewhere. And to, for, for them to make all their way, not just to your skin, but where you want it most on your facial skin, that's just, you know, the likelihood of that is not very large. So, so you know, stick with, yes, stay with your healthy nutrition, but also consider vitamins for your facial skincare because it really uh, can make a big difference. You have to really find out what's right for your skin and, and, and more isn't always better. It's not always the product with the highest percentage that will give your skin the best benefit. So, and, and if you're new to something, I always say, you know, go, you know, start a bit lower, start a bit slower and then and see what your skin actually needs. Hi, my name is Kim and I have a question about vitamin C serums. I try and use a vitamin C serum on my face every morning. It's one of the few products that I really notice a difference in my skin when I use it consistently, especially in terms of how bright my skin looks. I've read online that when a serum turns a darker orange color, that means that it started to oxidize, but I don't know exactly what that means. Do you also have any tips for how to prevent it from oxidizing so quickly? Usually the uh, the change in color means that it, it has started to degrade Um it's not going to be damaging for your skin, so you could still use it, but it's really not going to have the uh, efficacy anymore that that you that you bought it for. But you could certainly try to, you know, don't expose it to full sunshine. You know, keep it at a sort of dark, um, cool place. That's really, I, I think, the best I can think of. Awesome. Thank you so much. I feel like I've learned so much. And tonight I'm going to look at all my products and see which ones have turned brown or an orange. <laughs> I know. I'm glad I know that now. And B3 is niacinamide. I had no idea. Yay. We love niacinamide. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Noiser. Of course. I really enjoyed this. One last thing before we go, our vitamin product recommendations. Okay. So in the morning, I... Almost every morning I use a vitamin C serum under my sunscreen. Sometimes I forget, but SkinCeuticals CE Ferulic, which I have mentioned on this podcast before, but that's really my go-to. I do five or six drops on my face and neck. I also really like a new uh, vitamin C product from a brand called Beauty Stat that was made by a cosmetic chemist that Allure very often turns to for advice and has for many years, Ron Robinson. Um, it has 20% 
L-ascorbic acid or vitamin C. So a nice, powerful dose of vitamin C. And it's, I think it's really helped brighten up my skin. Hmm. Um, we have some overlap there because I also am using the SkinCeuticals C and Ferulic. Um, I just got back on retinol again because I just recently stopped breastfeeding. So I've been using the Augustinus Bader cream and also the Rich Cream, kind of like alternating one night and then another night. Um, I'm also trying to get back onto the Olay retinol as well. Um, so I'm also using vitamin B3, uh, which is niacinamide, which is in my peach and lily glass skin serum. And I'm also using a vitamin C eye cream, which is by Peter Thomas Roth. All right, that's it for this episode of The Science of Beauty. We'll see you next week when we'll be talking all about acids which ones to put on your face, and what they can do for you. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to rate and leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast. It helps new listeners find the show. You can find additional information and episode references in the show notes. Follow Allure on Instagram at Allure, and I'm at Hey Michelle Lee, and Jenny is at J-B-A-I-L-L-Y. B-A-I-L-L-Y. On our audio team, our lead producer is Carla Green. Executive producer is Shara Morris. Associate producer is Kate Mishkin. And sound engineer is Scott Somerville. On the Allure team, the editorial leads are Soyini Driscoll and Diana Mazone. Lead researcher is Julie Risavudo. And project manager is Monica Perry. The theme music is by Asha Ivanovich. Special thanks to Julie Shen and Neon Hum.